1: Fully Shining Women stand in their power, accept and trust themselves, speak their truth, and express their inner light in the world by being their own unique, authentic self. They embrace their mystery, mastery, magic, and messiness. Fully Shining Women share their inner light with the world, radiating from the inside out. They dance between worlds, between their spiritual, intuitive, creative side, and the side of them that's practical and grounded in everyday life and work. They turn to their own inner guidance to navigate their lives. They are rooted in possibility. They embrace their divine feminine power supported by their divine masculine. They have learned to trust their intuition and follow their soul's purpose using their soul gifts. Our planet needs powerful, capable, down-to-earth soul-led women who trust ourselves, speak our truths, share our soul gifts, and stand into our power while also being vulnerable, vulnerable, authentic and real. Valeria Telles interviews Megan Gilroy, a spiritual teacher, founder of the Fully Shining Women Leading Our World movement, and the creator of the Fully Shining Women Wisdom School and Speaker. Megan's sole purpose is to catalyze and connect women in a true sisterhood of women supporting women. Named inaugural woman, shaman, and spiritual leader for the next generation in her early 20s, By international best-selling author of The Four Agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz, Megan shifted from being an overachiever and people-pleaser to following her intuition and making the hard choices to listen to her soul. After marrying her husband two weeks after their first date, she quit high-paying jobs that didn't light her up, partnered in creating multiple seven-figure businesses, and moved cross-country based on an astrology reading. She has since worked with thousands of women around the world online, on retreats, and in women's circles, drawing from her ancient spiritual lineage, sharing intimate stories from her leaps of faith in life, and channeling teachings and messages of inspiration. Meet Megan at sisters.fullyshiningwomen.com and megangilroy.com. Here is the interview with Megan Gilroy.
0: In your own words, who is Megan Gilroy? (laughs) We are just jumping in
2: and starting (laughs) off. So (laughs) Megan Gilroy, wow. I feel like... From the biggest point of view, I am some unknown life force coming through this human body and from a very practical point of view, I am a mama in a blended family. I have two children of my own and a bonus son and we have a couple puppies and a horse on our ranch here in Colorado and I am a creator of the Fully Shining Women Leading Our World movement and also the
0: Fully Shining Women Wisdom School. So my second official question is about women or women. What is to be a woman, to embody the spirit of womanhood?
2: Mm, That's a beautiful question. Well, obviously, there's a biological component and there's also that spectrum of people identifying as women and women who, I guess you could say, were biologically born that way. I feel like on that deeper spiritual level, we are these beings that have the ability to find the right perfect blend of divine feminine and divine masculine. And we can express, be in that very like juicy, creative, inspirational flowing energy. And we can also call in that more masculine, focused, goal oriented, go forward, have direction kind of energy. And what I love most about us as women is that we have that intimate connection with the cycles in nature, the moon. I feel like we have an intimate connection with Gaia herself and we really understand life and death and birth and that whole cycle since we often birth beings from our body, children and dreams and projects and that we're able to really care for our communities because we do have that understanding of nurturing and also being activists and women who want to share our gifts and share the, the intuitive messages that come through us. So I think we're very multifaceted, multi-complex beings and we really have a place on this planet right now to share our voices and our perspectives in ways that
0: have been largely untapped. There's something about women and the connection to the Earth, and, as you said, this movement of life of the opposites, that we seem to embrace uh, that uh, gracefully. I said the word seems, but um, we do that really well. <laughs> oh.
2: We do. And sometimes it's messy, right? Sometimes yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we feel very powerful and capable and able to do that. And other times, you know, I really appreciate that I have my moments when I also crumple on the floor and all the all the frustration comes out. And I feel like that always is a great gift to me. That often happens to me during new moon times. And it allows me to see what's working and what's not working. And I just feel that our connection both to the outside natural world and to our inner knowing and our inner cycles means that we can be in tune in a way that our emotions actually are giving us information about what is is leading us towards wholeness and then integrity and also the places where we might say, hmm, this doesn't feel right to me and that's okay. And I, I especially love when we can come together in sisterhood and do that because we all have our days where we feel like we can roar and then other days where we feel like we're tiny little gnats that don't make a difference. So when we can when we can come together and help, just link arms up together and remind each other of how how powerful and capable we are in our messy vulnerability and our perfect imperfection. Then we strengthen each other and we
0: contribute more impactfully to our world. Mm, I love your wisdom, Megan. Thank you. When you talked just now about the cycles and. The monthly cycles for women especially, I feel the same way. It's interesting how I can see what is working not working very clearly. The feelings that become so much more powerful. I'm 44 now. I'm wondering when we lose that, um, it comes with menopause, do we lose that ability to connect deeply with our feelings in such a way or somehow that's still there? Mm-hmm.
2: Well... I am also going, I'm in the perimenopause time where my cycle is no longer as tied to the moon cycle. And what I'm noticing is, especially in this like hormonally changing time, my emotions are coming through even more strongly. And it feels, it can feel um, more out of control or more messy. And then at the same time, I think it's also giving me that opportunity to be more authentically myself and to just embrace all of me. And so what I notice about, you know, women who are my elders and my mentors is that sometimes they then use the outer reflection of the moon to still fold time into their schedule where they are going inward and they are, you know, resting or being more introspective. And other women, I feel like also have just because they are they are embracing that elder energy they they're embodying that all the time right that they're not necessarily needing that outward cycle to remind them that they are their own wisdom and that they might take quieter times each day. They might choose to do less in the outer world and hold space more or meditate more or, you know, spend time doing the the hobbies or the volunteer projects or even in their work, the projects that really light them up. So they just get more discerning about what they're saying yes or no to. So I'm looking forward to that time. I know I've had quite a few women who have just opened my eyes up to how powerful it is to embrace every part of the cycle from being a maiden to a mother to a matriarch to a crone. And as I'm going through this time, it definitely can feel very unsettling, but it also feels very powerful to pay more attention and,
0: and see what is bubbling up from within me. Yeah, I feel the same way about embracing the feelings, feeling the feelings, not escaping them. And it, it's interesting when you talk about the moon cycles. And um, just earlier today, I was looking to um, getting some wall decor for the house, for the room. Even that's attracted me. That was the moon had different phases of the moon, the the pieces and. And I, I just saved it, and I'm like, oh, that's something that just happened naturally. I was oh, I love not that. thinking about it. it and just I think came. today is
2: the first quarter
0: moon, so ah. you're
2: you're journeying through the cycles. Yeah, that's that's actually one of the foundations of our wisdom school is to really look at those cycles of creation. And so, if you look at the four directions, the four sacred directions, if you look at the moon cycles, and you really look to see what kind of energy and information can we find in the natural world that might help us tap into the wisdom that we have within, I find that to be such a beautiful practice. And I know for myself, as I've laid it out as a spiral path, I notice that both daily and monthly and over larger, you know, cyclical year cycles in my life that I often circle around similar stories or circle around similar emotions or energy. And when I can step back and see that, that actually helps me, you know, not go into those places of saying like, oh, am I crazy or am I not making progress? Or whatever stories you know, we tend to play in our head around kind of not being good enough, or not doing it fast enough, or it's not available to me. And I find that very comforting. Is that when I go, when I say to myself, "Oh, right, it's full moon time. I may not be sleeping as much. I may have more energy." Uh, to share myself, be in full visibility in the world versus new moon time, I tend to be more introspective and more looking at what feels like it's not working. And the emotions also come up and they're so valuable. And yet if I only believed that I was the way I am in new moon time versus full moon time, I would miss out on the full perspective of myself. And I would maybe feel like the, the issues that are being illuminated during the new moon time are so huge or so unchangeable or, you know, do something rash to change them that if I can be in that state of flow and allowing each cycle to inform me and each direction to inform me and each time of my life to inform me, then I think we have a little more
0: awareness and a little more choice about how we want to move through our our days and weeks. Without the idea of control, right, Megan? Trying too hard to control this natural movement. Because this is something that sometimes I get kind of caught up in not being as natural as possible without trying too hard, one way or another, trying to be in alignment with natural world in my own body, not trying too hard to do that, or the opposite, trying to push it away or, you know, reject more often than not, I ask the question about um, to myself: Is this natural? Am I coming from a natural place? It doesn't matter what it is; it could be good or bad, as we label. So, I guess well, I have a question about that. I guess now, would you like to make a comment? It just came that idea of being natural in the world.
2: I haven't asked myself that question. I'll definitely take it in and explore it. I feel like, you know, I trip myself up all the time with a control piece because. I'm someone who can often see in, in the distance of what it is I want to accomplish or I can see the places in the world where it's out of alignment with how I love the world to be, which is, you know, full of love and respect and harmony. And, you know, my, my internal motor wants to get us there, get me there. And so I often have to remember just to soften and be compassionate with myself and, you know, take what I would consider that eagle-eyed perspective to, to zoom out and realize, you know, things are changing. And if you look at human history and you pick a time 100 years ago or 500 years ago, we certainly have made progress in terms of human rights and, you know, awareness of, of so many different of the current everyday issues that are coming up now in our society. And if I look at a perspective of me compared to a year ago or five years ago, I can see that change. But it does take having having the those tools to really be able to say, okay, is this working for me? And if not, how can I make those changes? And oftentimes it's taking the steps every day that make the changes. And I know there's times I've exploded my life. And that brought so many gifts and awareness and also I can feel as I'm getting older that there's a certain settling of not wanting to create the big upsets as much and be able to look at what feels right each day and be more intentional about what it is that I choose to do and how it is that I want to make a difference in the world. And I think as women were being given that opportunity cuz the world is opening up to us in leadership positions and us you know being able to speak up and make our con- contributions in a more public way and yet at the same time we're being asked to go even more go even deeper internally to be really true to ourselves and true to what our intuition says which isn't always the logical choice and that can be a really interesting path to walk right as women, because we're so trained in our society to be logical and rational and pursue goals. And then, you know, something may come up inside of you that's a creative solution or an out-of-the-box solution, or it just doesn't logically make sense. And yet it feels right to
0: you. And I find that's where the magic lies. When it comes to intuition, Megan, how, how can you describe what intuition is? And when do we know that we are accessing that clarity coming from intuition? Is there a way of knowing?
2: Yeah, so I find that our relationship to intuition is very unique to each one of us, and yet there are certain patterns that a lot of a lot of us share in common. So some of us, you know, might be clairvoyant or clairaudient or any one of those clairs. Like we have clear clear hearing or clear vision or clear feeling or clear knowing. And f- for me, I know trusting my intuition has been one of the biggest lessons in my life. I had some pretty good wake up calls when I was younger. And the more that I just take that time to learn for myself, what ways does information come to me from the inside out and also sometimes from the outside in, sometimes there's signs around me that, you know, encourage me to, to pay attention, whether I often see the numbers 1111 or a hummingbird will come by where we live and catch my attention. And then there's also the times when I'm meditating and I, I receive downloads or visions, or I'm working with a client and I hear, you know, words that feel like they need to be said. And so when each of us can really tune into, well, what ways, what, what ways is, that inner voice or that inner knowing speaking to me. And I just find the more I nurture that, the more clear it becomes. And when I was younger, it definitely had to, it almost had to wait to hit me over the head with a two by four to yeah. tip me to like wait, <laughs> up not see it. Yeah. yeah. And now, now I can see because I do spend more time every day You know, doing a meditative practice, journaling, working with oracle cards, working with clients, that those channels are open and it doesn't it doesn't have to get so loud for me to hear it.
0: So uh, in a way, the signs um, sometimes can be challenges, right, Megan, emotional and even physical challenges. Would you say that that's connected to intuition trying to speak to us?
2: Yeah, I would say that that oftentimes is like body wisdom or life wisdom trying to speak to us and then our our own I- intuition, our own connection to our what, what's true for us and how we want to respond to that. I know when my body is speaking to me with illness, there's usually some emotional, spiritual component going on to that. And I have to slow down enough to listen and see what are those messages coming through. And same thing in my life when There's something, you know, some kind of upset or turmoil or drama going on in my life that it's usually because I haven't paid attention to my intuition or I haven't um, taken the time to really be clear on what I want. And so those are invitations and opportunities for me to slow down and listen more deeply. And I feel like we're in that kind of constant, if we choose to, we're in that constant communication between life itself, right? There's some force that's causing us to breathe and the sun to rise and the trees to to grow. And also what is actually going on inside of our body and inside of our heart and soul.
0: Uh that's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, you've, I love everything. I mean, I love your wisdom, the wisdom that flows through you. And what comes to me, I have asked the question before about intuition is, is intuition always connected to love in a way? Yeah, that's the main question. And I have asked somebody, but I don't remember what she said. Yeah, that's a great question. So, I think it depends on your perspective because
2: sometimes I have intuitions that come from that place of no, like that's not the right choice for you. Don't go in that direction. And on the surface, that may look like, oh, that's not loving. So, for example, if I had to, you know, speak up and draw a boundary with, you know one of my children or my partner or you know someone i'm in business with that that on the surface that may not look like it's coming from love but ultimately when you're really in a place of being true to yourself and understanding that we are also all connected we are one and ultimately we want to be in that place of whatever we're doing for ourselves is also for the highest good of everyone else, then I would say that that comes from a loving voice or a loving place. And I think it does take some time to you know what can get tricky is when we're inside of our heads if we're if we're getting an answer that's saying no or that's not the right tra- direction to be able to dis- distinguish is that fear talking or is that actually my intuition telling me that this is not the right direction to go in
0: oh so that's the discernment yeah between fear and intuition right ah uh, uh, what a beautiful dance <laughs> this life <laughs> It's incredible, isn't it? It
2: is. Yeah, and if I'm just thinking of some practical pieces that might be helpful because I know for myself when I'm trying to discern is that fear or is that intuition, a lot of times if I drop into... My body, if it things that feel more expansive to me, even if it's like a no, that's not right, but I realize, oh, I relax. Like I've said yes to too many things. And when I realize I need to change some of those agreements and say no, I might relax. And that might be my signal of like, yes, this is the right direction to go in versus fear often feels like it's up in my head. It feels like it's con- connected to a pattern that I'm familiar with from the past. It feels like like I'm holding back or um, I want to stay small, stay hidden. And when I can really take the time to drop into is this intuition or fear and find the signals which are true for me and they may be different for each woman listening and then you you get better and better at knowing like this is a no that's a healthy no or this is a don't don't go down that road versus a place of i'm shutting down for some reason or i'm saying no out of wanting to stay small
0: so it feels more expansive, even if it is a no coming from intuition is um, when it's there. So the feeling is expansive. And then the other way coming from fear would be contracting, right, Megan?
2: That Yes, that's how it shows up for me. And so expansive, it could be expansive, but it could also be relaxing or less pressure. It just feels like some kind of like a release. And that allows my heart expand or allows my shoulders to drop versus when I'm in fear, it usually feels tighter like like the tears or the shoulders are up in the ears or I'm feeling nervous or jittery. And there there's some like underlying piece and sometimes they're woven together, right? When we're I know for myself as I've encouraged myself to be bolder and really go after the projects and the and the goals that feel fully shining to me, not just like I'm capable of them, sometimes that anxiety comes up and I have to really look at where is that coming from? And after I move through that energy, that it can be exciting and scary. And the exciting part is like, the life force and the love coming through me. And the scary part is whatever pieces I still need to heal about. Am I capable of this? Or, you know, what are other people going to say? Or whatever those stories are. And so we often have to kind of tease apart all those different layers to get clear
0: about that direction to go in. Oh, I want to ask you a lot of questions about your work. But the first question really, it's about becoming a shaman and a spiritual teacher. How did that happen?
2: So when I was in my early 20s, I had a a life falling apart (laughs) uh, experience and it really caused me to question who I was because I was used to being good at everything I did. And so as my world fell apart, I ended up meeting Don Miguel Ruiz, who wrote the Four Agreements. And I studied with him for many years, and he ended up naming me a Nawal, which, if you translated that, would mean a spiritual leader, spiritual teacher, or shaman. And it actually took a while for me to really own that and really understand what that meant. And to me, obviously, if you want to kind of hang out your shingle and call yourself a shaman, then, my belief is it comes from a lineage and a tradition where you've studied and someone in that tradition has has bestowed that on you. But all of us do have that ability. So a shaman is someone who can walk between the worlds. They can walk between the unseen world and bring information back into the everyday world. And we all have that capability. Like we've been talking with our intuition where we go inside and we, you know, whether we're you know, there's so many methods to do it, whether you're using your intuition or you're drumming or you're singing or you're dancing or, you know, you're doing some kind of ceremony. And we we ask those questions that are helpful for our soul or helpful for our mind, our emotions, our body, so that we can be in that state of healing and be in that state of being
0: aligned and having that body, mind, body, mind spirit, emotion alignment one interesting thing when i think about shamans i think about being comfortable comfortable with the unknown because that might be one of the most challenging things to do for most of us to be comfortable with the unknown
2: for sure right and right now i think our whole planet has had that has had unknown kind of thrust in our face, right? So there's so much chaos and uncertainty and fear that's coming up. And if we can take that larger perspective to, to ask ourselves, okay, this is an opportunity because our norm has been disrupted. How is it that we want to respond? Do we want to bring more love and compassion into the world, starting with ourselves and with our families and with our communities and then in the larger scale? Or are we in that place where we're so stressed or we're so in fear that we're reacting to everything that's going on and contributing to the fear and the upset? And so I I feel like this is is a time where we're being asked to just hear deeper wisdom and to not only be doing all the, all the ways our society tells us, you know, we're supposed to follow this certain life path or we're supposed to take these certain actions or feeling that kind of peer societal pressure of, well, you need to keep up with the Joneses or you need to look a certain way or have your house a certain way. And it takes a lot of courage to go on a spiritual path where you're questioning what's true for me and what actions, what beliefs, what ways do I want to live that are more harmonious, not only to who you are, but to, you know, mother earth itself. And I think, you know, these times of great challenge are also a time of great opportunity and we're, we're really going through it right now. So I just keep sending out my prayers to each person who is listening and open that you find those ways to deeply take care of yourself and you trust what your own inner wisdom is telling you and you find ways to be of service and share your gifts with the world.
0: Yes, and what comes to mind is that what's happening now with the coronavirus and the vaccines, my husband and I, we decided not to do it. I mean, I won't do that. I don't know exactly why, The intuition piece that really it's telling me not to do it. So my question is, how do you feel about that? And the pressure from family members, because I hear a lot of also the the blame game and the guilt kind of that's being selfish not to be vaccinated and being around them. They're older people, that they could become contaminated. What is your take on that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I commend you for being true to the wisdom that's coming through you and I know that you know if if we can take that step back and really look at, look at what's going on in our culture it's it's causing division right we're having a situation where whether you decide, yes, I want to get vaccinated or no, I don't want to get vaccinated, it's causing within families for there to be division, to have families saying, well, I'm not going to speak to you or be physically present with you if you're not willing to do what it is that I want for you. And It's also, you know, creating a lot of what I see as lying. Like I've seen a lot of people lie to their families about their choice because they feel like there isn't even the room for the conversation to take place. And so for me, my hope is just that we find those ways where we notice when something happened this weekend where, um, oh, I, our dog ran up onto the road because my daughter had opened the the gate. And so my my husband and son were, were kind of yelling at her, um, like, what are you doing? And they, they were mad about that. And she was really upset that they had yelled at her because she hadn't intended for the dogs to follow her through the gate. And I had to explain to her, I said, when people get mad it's oftentimes because they're scared, right? And that fear has is looking for some way to come through. So it wasn't so much that, you know, that they were actually angry at you. They were scared that the dogs were going to get hit up on the road. And I see a lot of that is happening with the virus and the vaccine is that because we're scared naturally, That you know, we don't want to die. We, we don't want to go through illness That because that fear is so prevalent instead of, being in that open-hearted space of saying each person gets to choose for the, themselves. And sometimes, like you said, the decision doesn't come from scientific evidence. It comes from an intuitive knowing of this doesn't feel right for me. And instead of being able to find ways to be creative or make space for that, we're just seeing more and more of like the division and the, the scaredness coming through and the fear.
0: Very well said, clearly said about fear. So it is all about fear. And fear does create separation, right? So clearly to see that. I see that around me all the time. And it's sad, isn't it, Megan? It's very sad, but there's nothing we can... I mean, I I try to be as calm and as um, compassionate. I would say we use the word with them and explain... Why <laughs> explain away why I don't want to do that? But I see the fear. Yeah, it's very clear that's coming from a fearful place.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I've, and I feel like what we can do is to be at peace with our choices and understand that our choices may cause other people to make choices that we don't necessarily want. So if you're saying, I'm choosing not to get vaccinated and someone in your family says well then I don't want to be around you or I don't want to I don't want to speak to you then we have to allow our own heartbreak and our own sadness for that and also be in that space of not judging them not contributing to the I know better or I'm right but to be in that place of loving compassion of saying okay I'm here and I'm available to you and and if you're not going to respect my choice then, finding that inner peace and acceptance and the sadness and the heartbreak and letting it allow to all move through you. And I, I also just find that when we also can come together in communities or in sisterhood where there is a respect for a diverse array of opinions and choices and points of view, then that also helps us keep trusting our intuition and keep taking actions that may not be the popular ones or may not be the ones that everyone respects. I mean I know you know here in our community I live in a, a very organic farming valley and there's also a history of miners and ranchers here who have both similar and very different values and to To be able to say, you know, these are my choices and this is what I want to devote my time and energy to. This is what I want to support. And when I'm here with the other women in my community who are also, you know, feeding their children organic food. So there's a whole children sitting at a lunch table and it's now normal to bring, you know, veggies and fruit and and healthy snacks as opposed to only prepackaged things. That's where those shifts take place. And I know, If I wanted to do that in an environment where that wasn't the norm, I could certainly continue to keep choosing to do that. And I wouldn't necessarily see the results of us having this, you know, common agreement together, which is so beautiful because then it changes the culture of a school or it changes the culture of a community. And so I I just find that obviously we want to still stay open to communities that are different than us. And at the same time, when we have a safe space to explore what's true for me, what's right for me, what what's coming up for me, then we we are able to solidify our own choices and values and and just confidence
0: about the way we want to move through the world. What a beautiful vision and message, Megan, that we can come together as community and be, Ourselves, We are together, but at the same time, we have our own interconnectedness, our own ways, natural ways of navigating the world. And and then we also naturally respect everyone for what they are and what they do without judgments, without hatred. That is, sounds to me like something that is uh, some call utopia, but it's just the most beautiful vision I can think of. It's extremely beautiful, and because we see communities now, we see the people coming together, but often with the tribalism, mm-hmm. or the tribal thinking, while well, you think like me, we're together because we think alike, and because we are, Th- that might be initial, the uh, the connection, but then we'll see pretty fast, too, that we are very unique, and we might make choices, as you said, that might not agree with the other person, not to think like us, but being open to love, unconditionally love, it's to me, that's the place of of harmony, of peace, of health. And I wonder if that happened before. Did you have any information on that, that this happened on earth?
2: Well, I think certainly the indigenous and native cultures have been more in harmony with the earth than we are currently today. And I don't know what it was like to to live during those times because there were still other influences depending on whether, you know, in the native population when white colonists came, obviously there were some differences and clashes and certainly terrible results of that. So I, I, what I've experienced personally is that here in my small community for many years, my spiritual practice and the places I would gather with other, you know, spiritual workshops, spiritual groups was often away from my home where, where I physically lived. And when we got the call to come and move here, uh, that was our biggest intent was to have community. And it feels really wonderful to be in a place where each of us might have differences in our practices and differences in our beliefs. But at the same time, we have enough core values that it feels really good to be raising our children in the same community where they can bounce around houses. And, you know, we often call each other, you know. Mama Mariah, Mama Candice, uh, when we when we're referring to each other, so the little ones like understand that we're doing this together. I also have our my community called Fully Shining Women Leading Our World, and in that community, there's that real intent of of acceptance and of both possibility and being rooted in aligned action being rooted on the earth that we can be very open to our spirituality, but it's still, how do you do that in your everyday life when you have a husband and children and I see my puppy like poking his nose in off the porch, it's a dance. And it doesn't mean, you know, to me, spirituality is not, uh, the love in terms of rainbows and unicorns and flowers and fairies, it's its self-love, which is sometimes, you know, snotty and you're crumpled on the ground and you're growing in ways that is really causing that chafing inside of you of who you believe you are compared to the way you're showing up in, in a relationship or in a, your work environment. And that's really uncomfortable. And when we can be vulnerable with each other to say, you know what, today I am on fire and I'm so excited for whatever the project is, our open house this month. And the next day, oh my gosh, can I do this? You know, I feel like I'm sacrificing my life to this, or I feel like I I don't know if enough people are going to show up to get the results I want. When we can embrace all of that and when I look out into the world and I see a lot of women leaders who are in the media, right, they've had to put on a certain amount of armor and look perfect in a certain way and, you know, really be able to navigate in a way that doesn't show their vulnerability, right? It's so rare that we would see a woman politician or a woman, you know, at the top of a CEO, like crying or um, expressing her doubts or fears. And, I'm just finding that when we can be in a community where we are leaders and we are successful in whatever our profession is or however we want to show up as mamas and sisters and daughters and in our communities and say, you know what, some days I got it and some days I don't. And we're all in this together. We're not alone. It's messy. It's, it can be hard. It can be easy. It can be all of it. Then... It just to me, it just allows us all to relax and allows us to really practice our spirituality, which is not to be little miss perfect or little miss spiritual, but to say you know what, there's times when I hide. There's times when I'm ashamed. There's times when I'm embarrassed. And I, if I'm willing to sit with that emotion and love myself through that, that part of me gets stronger and that part of me gets more resilient. And then I'm able to go out in the world in a in a way that feels more authentic. And I can do that with more and more women. And we can actually create that change that we're
0: waiting for on the planet. And I know you talked about the fully shining Women leading our world movement. And you also are the creator of the Fully Shining Women Wisdom School. Is that online, offline? Yes, right now it is online. And at some point we'll
2: hopefully be able to gather physically again. But we do have Fully Shining Women leading our world. It is on Mighty Networks, which is a platform I just love because it's only fully shining women. There's no ads, there's no algorithms, there's no distractions that often happen on other social media platforms. And you can go to sisters.fullyshiningwomen.com if you want to come and join us. And then for the women who are really ready to go deeper and they're saying, I see that Given the chaos in today's world, I need that stability and grounding. I want to look at the places that I still need to heal, and I want to do that in sisterhood. We have really beautiful teachings and mentors and elders in the Wisdom School. You walk that spiral path that I touched on earlier, and we have a really beautiful master heart method that helps you download divine guidance and tap into your intuition and still be held with the reflections of your sister's. And so you can come into the school at any time. And we, we just love having that structured support where you are your own medicine and you know what's best for you. And yet when we can have those reminders and those reflections of, okay, what might I take from exploring how I want to ignite my inner light right now? Or what what am I doing that's holding me back from standing in my power? Or how can I really tap into possibility right now or what needs to be healed inside of me for me to be more authentic. It it just becomes this beautiful dance of you both get to give and receive in terms of you, you can take the wisdom and you can rely on your sisters, but there's also going to be times when you have the wisdom to give or you have just the right thing that someone else needs to say. And so it's really a different vision of the kind of Leadership and spiritual growth—it's a next-level spiritual growth that is very, very much shared and community-supported, while we're still each walking our own
0: unique path. That is um, giving, receiving—that is uh, the description of love, isn't it? And empowerment, knowing how to dance that dance. And I love what you said in the very beginning of our conversation today about the the energies of the feminine and the masculine, just coming together in harmony, and that's when we step in that, into that true power. Ah, uh, it feels like that. And then the dance is just knowing, uh, am I there yet? That's the question that we usually ask. Am I being authentic? Am I stepping into my full power? Am I there? And that's the question that women often ask. I mean, I often ask myself, am I there, am I not?
2: Yeah. And it's a dance, right? That changes day to day. And I see some days I feel that more strongly than others. And when I can be in that place of acceptance and not being in that place of like perpetual go, go, go or perpetual, you know, I fall into that a lot of just, you know, wanting to happen now or wanting the next right steps and not giving that rest time, that breather time, that follow time. And the more we can allow that dance to happen and and realize the value of each part of that cycle in that spiral path or in the directions or in the moon phases, then I just find that we go through life in a more relaxed way. The synchronicities happen, the connections happen, and we can then really give of ourselves to the world from a place that feels whole and it's not over-giving, over-nurturing. It's it's coming from that place of I'm important, my priorities are important, what's important to me is valuable, and when I have access to give, then I can be there for a friend. I can be there when something tense is going down at the grocery store or the post office. I can be more patient with my children or I can you know, be more assertive at work. And each one of us, when we find that ongoing balance between both Both being open, like you were talking about, being open to receiving and just allowing and surrendering and Asserting and taking direction, taking action, I I just find that that there's a sweet spot for each one of us between that divine masculine and that divine feminine, and it changes all the time. And if we can keep playing with it, then we can really create our world the way we want it to be. And obviously, when each of us as an individual does that, then as a culture and as a world and as a society, we'll be able to do that as well.
0: Mm. So true. Uh, what a beautiful vision <laughs> that we can all do that. And I, the more I talk to women and men as well who have empowered people in general, more women than men here, and I see that in common. It's being authentic, it's not lying to oneself. No longer hiding and escaping feelings. That keeps coming back over and over and over again when it comes to empowerment. Yes,
2: your feelings and your emotions are going to definitely lead you into that that place of harmony and integrity. So I I just find whenever I'm experiencing emotions on the uncomfortable end of the spectrum, then they're just trying to communicate to me like, hey, something that you're believing in your mind right now is not working. So let's take a look at that. And the more I let go of all those kind of limiting beliefs and those small beliefs, then the more that life force energy can come through me, the creative energy, the inspiration can come through. And that to me is what this world's asking for right now, right? Not, not to be in that place of fear, not good enough, different, small, but to say, okay, what's the creative solution? What's the inspired solution? What's the way that I can share my gifts and share my voice and share my perspective that's not just helpful to me but could help with some challenge or some situation that's going on around you
0: i love the article you sent to me describing what is to be a fully shining woman and i love the description you had so many ways of of saying in that that will be the introduction of this episode Beautiful. Yeah. You can go to
2: my website, megangilroy.com, if you want to read the full article. It's one of the teachings, the blog posts there. And I just know for myself, a lot of us know that we're shining women, right? We are doing something in our life, whether it's in our family or out in in the world, in our career, volunteering as an activist. And to be fully shining to me means that we are just going that one extra breath of letting go and surrendering and letting our vulnerability and our messiness also be part of the equation. And that's when that cracking happens and the light comes through. So it's, it's beautiful to watch when women really go from being shining women and trying so hard and doing the right things and being really super capable and successful to saying, okay, I'm going to drop into that inner still point and be my own sanctuary and really be able to like hold an energy in a space,
0: not just for myself, but for the world. Beautiful. Now, how many times I can say that word? <laughs> Everything you say is just so, um, yeah, it's wisdom speaking. Thank you for being you again, Megan. I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. Would you like to add anything before I do that?
2: Oh, wow. Why don't you give me the questions and we'll see what comes through.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The idea of success. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you?
2: I really think of success as soul success because I think it's easy to fall into success, meaning I've reached a certain point in my career. I've had the certain house or car, whatever our world says to us, success is. And to me, soul success is when I drop in and define what is true for me. And so for myself, when I'm really in that place of sharing my soul gifts of being a communicator and a channel and a connector, I... I feel successful when I'm in a place of finding that right balance for me between being really present with my children and family and husband and also doing my work in the world. That feels successful. And I also feel successful when I see the work that I'm doing in the world has touched somebody and they're able to say, wow, I, I had the transformation or I had the aha or I had the breakthrough. That feels really good for me.
0: What is another word for healing?
2: Oh, interesting. The word I just heard was harmony. And so harmony is a big value for me in life. And, you know, I I do use the word alignment, but to me, alignment feels narrow and limited in terms of like, if you're saying, oh, well, I want to align my body, mind and spirit. And that's just one straight arrow versus harmony is almost like a symphony, right? So if you can be in that place of Awareness and transformation and intent—that's healing. If you can um, find the right, right blend for you of what's going on in your body, what's how can you have a mind that's clear and working in a positive direction? How can you be in a place where the words that are coming out of your mouth and the actions you're taking are not only supportive to you and in service to you, but in service to the world? So yeah there's just something and I think to to be in harmony with our planet right that's very healing when we can find ways to not just care for her and make sure she's healthy but obviously that then cares for us as the inhabitants of this planet so I have to think about
0: that some more but definitely healing and harmony are words that go together for me what comes to me is this graceful movement isn't it moving through life gracefully and my last question is, what are three things you wish everyone to have or to experience before they lose the body?
2: Let's see. I would say, well, I'll answer it for women. I would say sisterhood. I would say inner truth. And what else? Just that your your heart is full and at peace, that you feel you feel that you were able to have those moments of the joy, the harmony, the healing happen and that you have that sense of like completion about whatever, whatever lesson you came here or lessons that you came here to
0: learn. Thank you so much again, Megan, for your presence, for your empowering words, the work you do, the way you do it and everything else in between.
2: Mm, thank you, Valeria. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today and I, I just wish that your words and your vision makes its way through our planet so it can touch all the hearts and minds and souls
0: that it's meant to. That's the dance. Again, we are doing that. That's, it feels really wonderful yeah, to be in this kind of harmony, working together for the greater good. So we live in a more peaceful reality. It does.
2: Let's do it together.
0: Yes, yes. A billion times to that. Before we say goodbye again, where can we find more information about you, your work, your school, services, and future projects?
2: Yes. So you can always go to my website, MeganGilroy.com, and I'm sure you'll drop it in the show notes so everyone can spell that. And then you can also go to sisters.fullyshiningwomen.com, and that is the Mighty Networks platform I mentioned, and that's where you can both be part of the free community or explore coming into the Wisdom
0: School. Wonderful. And I will have those two links on your podcast profile. Thank you so much again, Megan. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Valeria. Bye for now. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you for listening. To learn more about Megan Gilroy and her work, please visit sisters.fullyshiningwomen.com and megangilroy.com.
0: more about this
1: podcast,
0: please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.